Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? You know that photo of um, Bernie Sanders at Biden's inauguration when he's like sitting there with his arms crossed and his legs crossed and those with the mittens coat. Yeah. with the coat and like, <laughs> as you would say, a forbidden upon him. Yes, I do. Exactly. I A friend of mine sent me that to say like, isn't it crazy that this was almost a year ago? And I couldn't even focus on that point. I was just focused on like, I was staring at a mirror image of myself. <laughs> Like minus the mittens it was like him sitting there in that iconic photo that, that was a prophecy he was basically saying to america in one year you will all look like me <laughs> and we do and, and we, we do, do. <laughs> okay let's uh dig deeper it's the end of the year and this is nope the podcast where we shut it down we're just a couple of new york jews talking about the news beating back the blues Podcast and news why have to laugh so we don't cry. Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to No. Okay, Rachel, this is the last show of the year. I mean, here we are. I, I thought that this year would be a year of um, a renaissance, a, a renaissance. renaissance. But but no, that did not come to pass. But there there was a little bit of a burst of light tonight when uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted on five of six counts. That's right. One, one down, another one to go with Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe, and then another 500. Christmas miracle if we get another one. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was nice and leaves me slightly more optimistic for 2022. But um, but yeah, overall, it was a shit show, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. But um, we are going to revisit the shit show, which is the only way to truly celebrate it. The only way to commemorate it. With the, I was going to say the best of the year. It's the worst of nope the awards. Nope, the nope of the year. Yeah, We've it's like... We've been talking about doing this for years, and we've never gotten our shit together to do it. And this year, we did. We did. Um, which, uh, and I actually went back and did the calculations based on the number of shows we've done and so forth. And we have had over three hundred nopes this year. And somehow, thanks to you and your dedicated research, uh, we found some really good ones that were fan favorites, our favorites, and they sort of were bigger stories than like they, they trans would suggest. They, they transcend space and time. Really. <laughs> Yes. So they're worth revisiting. We so we actually did a clip show, which is harder than it sounds. Um, but before we do it, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, fabulous week. Uh, oh, this fabulous week! Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So last time we recorded a couple weeks ago, it was also like a crazy time. I was talking to you about my ear infection. It was finally healed. I was ready to go out and do some end of year drinks things in the city, lunch meetings. I was supposed to get on a flight for the first time in two years. Suddenly everything was like a slow motion cancellation train wreck. It was devastating. I don't know about you, but like- I just still have like, friends who are like, I'm going to Mexico, I'm going to Florida, I'm in Aruba. Like what the fuck is wrong what with you? What are you doing? Like, I mean, what never mind you? catching COVID or not. Like you're not gonna be able to get back. Yeah. Like, don't you have any obligations here? Like don't be in Aruba. Do you just have not? an open-ended vacation? Like, you know, it could, We it could, could do end. anything from anywhere. <laughs> Woo, yeah. okay. no, you yeah. can't. Okay, anyway, yes. 
so so yeah it, it sucked um I was supposed to meet an editor for a nice lunch I was excited to be having like a normal work meeting and of course this is like the Wednesday of the week that Omicron bore down on New York City so I emailed him and was like let's reschedule and of course he understood but I was like disproportionately upset about this and it just kept like magnifying with each cancellation that I had to go through this week and then it finally ended up with um I, I canceled a birthday dinner for my friend Gerald and then a few days later he he called off the whole thing anyway because his brother um he he got COVID his brother was supposed to watch Coco and then Coco was going to be exposed to COVID and then I was like why am I freaking out about Coco we're going to Florida <laughs> and like we should not be going to Florida anyway it's a moot coke worrying about Coco and like the but to be fair you were to going to visit her. your parents this wasn't some like frolic free-for-all that you were No, we to, were going right? to Delray Beach to visit my parents and we were going to take AJ on a surprise trip to Disney World. And so we, like, luckily he didn't know about it, but we had to cancel that. And then we were still planning on going to Florida until the last minute. And then we just, like, caved. We couldn't risk it. You know, yeah. the idea that someone could, in this day and age, get on a domestic flight, unvaccinated, and without a negative COVID test. It's its an outrage. I can't even understand how this is a thing right now. So anyway. And yet it's a thing. It's but look, you'll be thing. able to go. It's all about the putting it in the proper perspective. You'll be able to go in February or March or yeah, April. Yeah, we'll go in February. It'll be go. fine. Right. And yeah. it's, makes all the, it'll make no difference at all in the long run. It'll make all the difference right now. So good yeah. for you on that decision. I um, spent uh, our Christmas vacation with Doug's dad down in the Virginia coast, which was lovely. And we spent four or five days there in which there was nothing to do. Lovely setting, lovely family, horrible Trumpy town. So I sort of hunkered down in the house and I did what anybody would do in this kind of situation, which is that (laughs) you're not going to see this coming. I bought a bunch of NFTs. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That's like the thing to buy this holiday season. That is the ultimate gift to myself. That's right. They were. Did you get a Melania Trump best NFT? (laughs) No, I bought um, three different NFTs that caught about a dollar and 80 cents each. Oh, okay. Because they can. The gas was a lot more than that. But um, I took it as the opportunity because a lot of my business is investing in companies, a lot of whom are doing decentralized DeFi, decentralized finance right now, and I want to learn about it. And really, the only way to learn about it is to actually go and do some of it. So I did money. Learning by doing. Look at you. (laughs) So I assumed I was going to lose the money I put in. So I bought some ETH, some Ethereum tokens. I bought some wrapped ETH. I bought some ETH, too. Yeah. So I could. Oh, look at you. I thought you were going to make fun of me. And and I bought some NFTs, and it was fun. And I learned a lot and I have, the, I have yeah. my own wallet and whatnot. So finally, I decided like I'd been doing this sort of surreptitiously as if like I didn't want anyone to know because I was just exploring on my own secretly how to do it. Um, and then I decided to come out of the closet and we had our final dinner with Doug's family. And it was yeah. Doug's dad and his sister, Terry, whom you know, her husband, yes. Carl, who's wonderful, and Doug. And I said, these are all scientists or doctors or computer people and they will understand when i start talking about DeFi, um and i'm interested in their thoughts legitimately mm-hmm. and i told them over christmas dinner 
that I had been buying NFTs <laughs> and I attempted to describe to them why cryptocurrencies were interesting. And it was as if I had tried to describe why Nazi Germany was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they were like opposed to it? Oh like, no, or... they were like, you're a fucking idiot. They're like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard and you're an idiot for falling for it. But what uh, about Doug? Doesn't he kind of get Oh no, he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works at Morgan Stanley. You'd think he would at least understand that it's a, a store of value. I guess he believes that. But yeah. all, the other th all the other smart contracts that you build upon ETH, like he's a skeptic. I'll call them crypto skeptics. So there yeah. I was. I thought I was initiating a interesting conversation, more interesting than Del Mar city politics, perhaps, and um, of which my sister-in-law, Terry, is the mayor of Del Mar. Um, and no, it backfired terribly on me. And I was the goat. Um, like it looked like a serves you right for bringing up NFTs at Christmas dinner. That is like <laughs> that's like worth it. Like politics, what are like, they? Politics, no. religion, and NFTs. <laughs> don't bring them up. No, don't. Do okay, that. so I give myself a note on that. I tried. <laughs> I tried to be interesting. I tried to be educated. It uh, it didn't work. I got what I deserved. <laughs> yes. Okay, Rachel. We have some notes before we get to the, uh, the worst notes of, of the year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. We have some original content. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, I had hoped that 2021 would be a year of accountability for all the crimes of the Trump crime family culminating with the insurrection. We were close. It could have been. We it were could close. have been. I mean, yet as yet, this has not happened. No. You know, Matt Gates, alleged child trafficker and insurrectionist. He's still in Congress. So is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who thinks Jewish space lasers are causing forest fires in California. And so is a guy named Madison Cawthorn, who it appears might be a Russian agent. Oh, well, okay. We just learned sure. this this week. Okay. By the way, I should I should uh, for those of our listeners who are interested, the episode that was called "Fetch the Jewish Space Lasers," which was yes. when Marjorie that was our highest rated episode of the year. Oh, okay. The most listeners because I pay attention to these things. Anyway, good to know. Good so to Madison know. Cawthorn is the new Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes. So he's um he's the youngest person in Congress. He's 26. He's a MAGA guy. He's from North Carolina and he's in a wheelchair. And at first I thought it was because he was injured in combat, but it turns out he was in some kind of um, stupid car accident where he was like climbing over his friend while the car was in motion, <laughs> were, like switching driver and passenger. It's terrible. Who among so, us? Who among us has I not mean, tried that shenanigan? And so he's never served his country and he lied about being admitted to the Naval Academy. He said his accident made him ineligible to attend the Naval Academy when he never actually was admitted to the Naval Academy. <laughs> well, my so lack was... of my lack of athletic ability prohibited me from being on the US Olympic team. Yes. Likewise. That too, yes. <laughs> and yeah, um, and you know, I wasn't allowed to put my art in the Metropolitan Museum. Because <laughs> you have art. no talent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's so this guy's never served his country. He uh, oh, this was the best. In 2017, he posted a photo from Eagle's Nest, Hitler's vacation home, on mm. Instagram, 
And um, he still got elected to Congress thanks to dark money that was funneled into his campaign. And there were more than like 30 accusations of sexual assault against him. And 30. So, yeah. That's an accomplishment. Yes. Like, that's, you have to be pretty productive on the sexual assault front to, uh, to, to be only up 26 30. and have 30 <laughs> allegations. Yeah. So that's he's a real More than <laughs> one per year. He's a real winner. Starting when you're a toddler. Yes. So the reason why he was in the news this week is because he announced he was getting divorced. And in the wake of his divorce announcement, someone did some digging about this wife of his and a clip surfaced this week of an interview he gave with the Daily Caller conservative blog. Uh, I mean, I say conservative, but it's really like a Nazi blog in um, <laughs> 2020. And it was like right at the time of his wedding. And he explains how he and his wife met. He says he was on a guy's trip with a couple of friends in Sweden and Finland, and they decided <laughs> on a lark to hop over to St. Petersburg, Russia, where he met an army captain named Todd at a casino. Okay. <laughs> were they were they jumping over each other to drive? Were they like swapping the driver's There's seat? like apparently a ferry that you can take from um from helsinki to st peter to the finland station yeah but like you need a visa like you can't just go on a lark to russia right. you know so it's not something you can spontaneously do and so he met this this uh, army captain named todd at a casino and gambling has been illegal in st petersburg since 2009 so he was at an illegal gambling den and he meets this u.s army officer and then he stays in touch with the u.s army officer and who then invites him to a crossfit competition in the u.s <laughs> Like a year later. Okay. So Madison, he objects at first saying like, Hey, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. He explains this. And then Todd is like, don't worry about it. We'll just do upper body for you. So oh, Madison, upper body CrossFit. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Madison says, okay, cool. So he goes to this CrossFit competition. And when he arrives, Todd is like, haha, it wasn't a real CrossFit competition, <laughs> but I would like to introduce you to this lovely lady, Christina, who then... <laughs> Who's a Russian honeypot? Wait, wait. <laughs> Did he have no more efficient way to introduce him to a honeypot than to trick him to coming to a CrossFit competition? I, I know. Promising of... <laughs> him that there were upper body events when there were no upper body events. There are a lot of, of holes in this story. <laughs> Yes, but this is from the mouth of Madison Cawthorn in this interview okay, he gave. Yeah. So this is how he explained it. I'm, there has to be more. This, this is so confusing. We'll follow up on this. This, is, this will bridge the year. We will follow up in 22 about this. So it's, it's like the Americans, you know? It's like, you know, that show about the Russian agents. So, like, he, they have this whirlwind romance. They get married, then, like, they're divorced eight months later, but like, how are we only finding out about this now? Like, how do we have like a very obvious 
Russian plan. Because this is a Congress. badge of honor to some people. This is a badge of honor. They rally around him to protect him because he's in cahoots with the same people that they're all in cahoots with. So they have no reason. What is it? The Daily Caller is going to do an expose on Madison Carthorn? No, they're no, not. No, but, but that interview has just been out there and nobody's like investigated anything. How is this like? Well, I that's mean, what we're here for. That's why that's a, we're your that, finest news this source. Is, this is our calling. <laughs> <laughs> we're not the Daily Caller. We are the weekly calling. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I actually, when I read about this, I was so irate that I just like emailed my representative, Carolyn Maloney. I was like, there is a Russian agent. <laughs> You have act, by the way, who you have actively worked to is unseat. Yes, I'm sure she's like, Rachel, I'm sure. right on that. <laughs> okay, can we nope that? No, nope, okay. to, no, nope to Madison no. Cawthorn. There will be more. We will, okay. we will stay on the story. Okay, That's our last political story. We have some other very weird stories. So um, in the fine tradition of uh, nope, I'm going to give one where the headline says it all. Um, which is the following from the New York Post, of course. Woman caught breastfeeding her hairless cat on a Delta flight. Okay, there's a lot to unpack. There. <laughs> and I, I have <laughs> the hairless detail is the most that interesting is... <laughs> to me. <laughs> okay, so here's the lead a woman who took a Delta flight recently wasn't kitten around when she whipped <laughs> out her breasts and started feeding her hairless cat. Now, also, in addition to the hairless, I am not an expert on breastfeeding. In fact, right. I am hesitant to be the one to raise this story. You don't lactate when you have a cat, I'm th if that's the question <laughs> that you have. Also, <laughs> do you whip out both breasts at one time? Because my experience no, that is, is not that what you do. And I don't understand. Only, only the amount of breasts that is necessary. And that is, in most cases, just one at a time. One, one at a time. <laughs> discreetly, fine. discreetly. It's not like it's uh, Mardi Gras on Bourbon Street. You don't like whip up your shirt and hope no. people throw you beads on the delta flight okay no. so this was a flight from syracuse to atlanta when the flight attendant noticed this very you know she did her job she said stop that she tried to get the woman to put the cat back in the cage <laughs> and the wasn't it in like a baby bjorn <laughs> It was like in a carrier okay. and the woman refused. And then there's something called the Aircraft Communications Addressing and Reporting System, ACARS, that I didn't know was a thing, but it is. And there was a emergency notification that went out that said, woman is breastfeeding a cat and will not put cat back in carrier. Is this true? When is this requested. Just, how could this possibly be true? <laughs> okay, just... but what's amazing to me about this is the problem is not that the woman was breastfeeding the cat. The problem is that the cat wouldn't get back in the carrier. So the, the, my problem here is why put this on the cat? The cat didn't have any choice in the matter. No. The cat was just nuz was just getting nuzzled against the bare breasts. Um, <laughs> and there's no like, was there also a baby or like? No, there was she... no baby involved. It's not like oh, let is me get like the baby. A, is she like a milkmaid and just like <laughs> a milkmaid <laughs> for cats? 
<laughs> she like a doula? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the details of these things. I don't have a child. I'm not a woman. But look, so there was a flight attendant. <laughs> the, the flight attendant was named Ainsley Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And she said this woman had one of those hairless cats swaddled up in a blanket so it looked like a baby. Okay. So she knew that this was not the the right thing to do. So she was sort of hiding the cat and disguising it as a baby. Her shirt was up and she was trying to get the cat to latch and she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier. And that cat was screaming for its life. <laughs> so, As which if it's can, not scary enough for a cat to be on which, an airline. Which like... confirms my hypothesis that the cat is the real victim here. This 100%. One... Oh my Nobody's God, that's saying otherwise. <laughs> yeah, first they took its hair. <laughs> Next, they tried to breastfeed it. Then they tried to stuff it in a carrier. I would be traumatized too. Okay, so then. <laughs> I think this woman wants attention. I think this is a cry for help. This is a <laughs> mental health problem. So then the Redcoats got involved. And by that, I don't mean the Revolutionary the War. <laughs> the British are coming. No. Okay. Apparently, the elite customer service crew for Delta Airlines is it's called, called the, the Red, Red Coats. <laughs> oh my God. And they Very got disturbing. involved and escorted her from the plane. Now, it turns out, though, that there is a subsequently, that was on December 2nd, my birthday. Um, but later on, on December 22nd, there was another tweet that suggested that maybe. This is part of a larger trend. So someone <laughs> yes. tweeted, joy to the world. I'm at the airport where I just watched a couple diaper a cat. Yeah. So this was from um, Elizabeth McCracken, the author. And she saw saw that at the So airport. she's a reputable source. A reputable source, yes. This is not I some lunatic. Her. No, no. She saw, <laughs> I believe she saw this. Okay. So. Well, if she could see that, if there's if there's cats being diapered, then there's cats being breastfed. It's it's cats and dogs living I, together. I don't know. We're all, we're all losing our minds. This, this is a nightmare. Yeah. This has to stop. Nope. Nope, nope to nope to breastfeeding a hairless cat. If you're gonna breastfeed a cat, <laughs> please, at least give it some air. <laughs> okay. Oh, I have one more animal story because we specialize in animal stories, yeah. and there'll be more later. So, um, you know, uh, you spend a lot of time here at my apartment. I live in yes. Tribeca. There's a lot of uh, fancy development in Tribeca, and there's one building that's particularly gorgeous that I've been ogling. I can't afford to live there. But it's uh, it was like a renovated loft building. It's a couple of blocks away. It's right across from Gourmet Garage, where when you and I used to do this in person, and we'd spend like eighteen hours doing it. We would go meet. We would go get a salad at Gourmet Garage, walk then back, eat it, yeah. walk back, and whatever. Right. So it's a delightful little neighborhood. Remember, I left my computer at Gourmet Garage one time. Oh yeah, that was a panic. But they had it. <laughs> they had it. <laughs> they had it. So Very nice. Good people. Shout good out people to Gourmet Garage in Tribeca. <laughs> well, not anymore. I'm never going there again because uh, across the street, there's this place called Cast Iron House. Um, and it's by this very distinguished Japanese architect named Shigeru Ban. It's an 1881 original uh, building that they uh, redid. It's a dorman building. There's 11 duplex lofts in there, two penthouses. It's a yeah, neo. It's, it's a neoclassical it's, it's... facade. It has an all-white palette, 
which probably applies to the residents as well. Um, there's a fitness center, a hydrotherapy, spa, sauna, steam room, dance and yoga studio. Some of the apartments are tens of millions of dollars and the entire building when you sell it out is $63.5 million worth of apartments in that one building. Right. So I've been a fan of this building. It's gorgeous. <clears throat> so then this week I get a text from Doug with a link and it says, don't look at this article. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so like that's like of course i'm of course gonna, look, you're at gonna the article. look at it yeah right okay so <laughs> the article says that this building that i've admired for so long is infested by giant new york city sized rats and that they are quote crawling on couches in kitchens downstairs and perhaps most unsettling in a child's playroom that is just the most horrifying thing. That this article, I, I had the heebie-jeebies all day. After if reading. I'm walking down the street and I even see a rat, I will avoid that block for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I know that's hard because it's New York City and there are rats. That said, I do not need to be part of them. I do need, not need to intersect with them. I will go the other way. There are plenty of blocks in New York City to walk down. New York City is filthy. We have not figured out the the technology of the rat-proof garbage can, and it is mind-boggling to me. Um, there's a new Bluetooth thing that I hope Eric Adams is going to get behind. Bluetooth, <laughs> Bluetooth will solve us, or maybe the metaverse will solve the blockchain. <laughs> the blockchain. Rats DeFi, on the blockchain. DeFi garbage cans. <laughs> NFTs <laughs> of rats. <laughs> so um, the lawyer, so the residents are suing. The lawyer is named H.P. Sean Dweck. He says these are New York City rats. These are big boy rats. There's a picture of a rat in the living room, in the like lobby communal living room. And nobody's ever going to want to buy an apartment in this building again. Of you course not. And and the resale value of the discount. existing. No, yeah. of course I could the scoop fact one that up. They're suing and that they're going public with it definitely proves to me that this is a serious problem and they're not bullshitting. Because why would they lower the value of their own? real estate well in the lawsuit in the complaint they hypothesize about what the the reason for this rat infestation is and that th it's that the building is missing insulation in many areas and there's an absence of fire stopping sealants in the walls it's terrible that's well that's kind too. of a problem in and of itself <laughs> like <laughs> like what's worse than rats oh no fire insulation <laughs> What could possibly go wrong here? Maybe the rats will burn at least. I mean, I'd say burn it down. Burn Just it like down. get out, get all the humans out, burn it to the foundation. Start afresh, sage the whole area. <laughs> no do... sage. Just let the sage catch fire and Just torch do the like building. A ceremony, clear it out. It it's it has to go. No. Yeah, absolutely. So nope to that building, and I'll never walk on that block again. No, but nope to it, but also nope to the New York Post, because as if it's not bad enough to be living in a rat-infested building with rats running on your beautiful countertops, they had like a rogues gallery of all the residents in the building, like headshots <laughs> of like all of these like poor people. Well, they're rich they're poor people. They're rich but... people, yes. <laughs> but like, haven't they been through enough? They're like, rich. They're just like us. Yeah, They're just so. like us. And like, don't don't pretend like that's not a problem in NYCHA housing as well. New York City Housing Authority, whatever. This is just the one that gets the 
gets the New York. Yeah, Post but headline. now whenever someone Googles these people, they're gonna people are gonna know. <laughs> Show up like, in the rat article. <laughs> the rat building. Like, <laughs> let's do some diligence on this guy who's the CEO of some architect. <laughs> okay, nope, shut that down. Uh, Rachel, we have one more before we get to the notes yeah, of the year. Yeah, one more. This is this is very bad. So there was very sad news this week. Um, Joan Didion died after a long struggle with Parkinson's disease. And, you know, to say she was an amazing writer would be an understatement. She was, you know, one of the greatest writers of all time. She inspired so many people, um, especially women, because she's so bold with her opinions. There's no hedging ever from Joan. And she loved the word desultory, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Always desultory. Nobody used desultory like Joan. And no. I love her writing. One of my favorite things that she ever wrote was... She- she tried to say that someone ate something. I think this was in Slouching Towards Bethlehem. She uh-huh. said someone ate something, and she said they ate of it. Oh. And now I see that sometimes. And it's such a small extra word that they ate of it. But it changes everything. It changes everything. And I think that's the story of Joan Didion. Yes, yes. Every every syllable was like artfully calibrated. So people felt this very personal connection to her understandably and there was a lot of posting on social media about what Joan personally met to all all sorts of people and and that's fine and good and it's the way death goes these days and (laughs) everyone has to like stake a claim and express their sadness in their own way but one of these posts stood out (laughs) above the rest and it was just such a nope I have to discuss it. Um, it was from an unusual corner of the internet, um, <laughs> golf.com, golf magazine. And, and the headline was this, Joan Didion didn't play golf, but her writing had qualities for which all golfers should strive. Oh okay. my God. Cause so, you need a news hook. You need a news hook, SEO baby. So I like, I have no idea how this piece came about. I, I suspect the editor was like, everyone's talking about Joan Didion. <laughs> we got to assign someone, some story, someone find a relationship, right? So they assigned this piece to a guy named Michael Bamberger, who I later looked up and um, found out that he's a, a golf writer. And um, he's definitely never read a word <laughs> by Joan Didion in his entire life. He has never, he has never eaten of her prose. Eaten of her prose, right. <laughs> so, so the lead to this article is literally a war crime. Like he should be sent to The Hague immediately. I hope he is haunted by Joan's ghost for or the rough beast that slouches toward Bethlehem, maybe, for the, for the rest of his natural life. So the lead is as follows, quote, Joan Didion is dead. <laughs> she was a writer. She lived in New York for the most part. But she was Scottish in manner and method. Let me just. <laughs> Gather yourself. I want to be Scottish in manner and method. But what is. They, what she has not yet introduced what any of this has to do with golf. And first of all, she's like, she's, Joan Didion is like 
synonymous with California. She didn't, you can't say she lived in New York for the most part. She wrote goodbye to all that, which established the leaving New York essay as its own like subgenre. She lived in California for most of her life and she was living in New York at the end of her life, but it's wrong to say she lived mostly in New yeah, York. She certainly wasn't Scottish in math, <laughs> manner and method. <laughs> Maybe in manner, but I, I don't think in method. <laughs> Okay, can I go on for yes, a moment? Please. This, yes, please. So, so the next sentence is this. <laughs> we get the golf thing involved now. Okay, quote, Didion was not a golfer, <laughs> though she wrote a novel <laughs> called Play It As It Lays. A grammarian might have changed two letters to play it as it lies. Didion, oh. I'm sure, had her reasons. Oh. Okay. So here's the tenuous connection between Joan Didion and the sport of golf, where the two, where the Venn diagram meets. And even though like play it as it lays, it's not about golf at all. It's about like a woman in a mental institution. <laughs> title of the book is actually a golf term, which I, I Googled it, 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 which is never fully explained in this long piece that goes on and on. And the, the term means that you can't move the ball. You play it as it lays, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. So Michael Bamberger is the golf guy is trying to correct her grammar in the second paragraph of his article, even though play it as it lays is like a commonly used golf colloquialism and everyone uses sports metaphors. But what's right? the connection between that phrase and Joan Didion's life or writing? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just a, the title of, it's the the title of her novel. But it has right. something to do with golf. It is, the book has nothing to do with I golf. Know. <laughs> so, but, that, but then it just like, it gets worse and worse and it just goes on random. I think Michael Bamberger wrote this in like a COVID fever dream. <laughs> Okay, I need to. I, this is where I need to make my disclaimer that I do have an arm's length connection with Golf Magazine, even though I have never played golf and have no interest in golf. They are a client of a company that I am involved with. I'll just say that. So I full don't disclosure. Want to say, full disclosure. So I, it's not really full disclosure. Who's full? I would tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice to say, it's like partial it's disclosure. Like teaser, a teaser disclosure. I have something to do with Golf Magazine. Okay. So, okay. Are you defending Michael Bamberger? By no his... means. That's an atrocity. I agree with you completely. Okay. But I can I can certainly uh, hate hate the player, but not the game. <laughs> but not the game of golf. Yeah. Not the or game the... of golf magazine. Golf publishing. Okay. So um, so anyway, I, you know, nope, nope to all of this. Nope to Michael Bamberger. Like you know, you should have declined the assignment. You should have played it what... as it lay. Just play it as it lays and don't write another word in your life. <laughs> okay, okay, nope, shut that nope. down. Guess what, Rachel? It's time for the Nope of the Year Awards. Oh my goodness, so exciting. This is even better than the, the Time Man of the Year Awards. Which nope. is Elon Musk, was it? Yes. Okay, that's kind of a weird pick. It's kind of a nope. Year. That's a nope. That's of a the nope. Year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say like the people who invented the vaccine, or was that last year? Or no, like... that that's who should have gotten it. Yeah, for of sure. course. Yeah. yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, so um, we have nothing to do with that. Um, we answered nobody. <laughs> did anybody <laughs> think we did? I, I hope not. 
We are not responsible for the time man of the year. We are responsible for the dopes of the year. And I should say, these are not, it is hard to say, these are not the best or the worst nopes of the year, really. These are just ones that tickled our fancies as one that we would love to replay, especially because like even the most beloved podcasts, like I have podcasts that I love and I don't catch every week. Like sometimes you fall out, you fall in, people tell me they love my podcast, but they haven't listened in a while. That's okay. I don't That's demand okay. your full attention. Just once in a while, come back, revisit us. Maybe at the end of the year, we'll catch you and we'll we'll show you some of the fun stuff we've been up to. And so here here we go with with the clip show. It's, it's very exciting, Brian. This is a new innovation. <laughs> I'm, I'm vibrating in my seat right now. <laughs> okay, so um, we're doing uh, an, we're doing animal we're doing animal vegetable mineral. Okay, animal vegetable mineral. Okay, so animal nope of the year. Okay. Yes. We're doing animal nope of the year, and uh, do we, I don't think this one needs an intro. I think this one we just go back it, just go right play, in. Just yeah, play it. Here we go. In Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, Upper Marlboro, um, <laughs> Animal Control got five different calls that people had spotted five zebras running wild. Uh, at first on the railroad tracks, but then running farther afield. And they deduced that they had escaped from a private farm that uh, has 39 zebras. So I guess five of them went missing. Um, and they reported that there was a trio traveling together, <clears throat> and the other two were a pair. So it okay. makes you wonder, was it like a thruple and a couple? Like... <laughs> and where was the other one? There was six loose? So no, they... five loose. So there was okay. a, a, pod, a pod of three, a thruple. A three and a two, okay. A three okay. and a two, okay. So you would think, like with all of modern technology, we should be able to catch these zebras, but we cannot yeah. have nice things. <laughs> it turns out that zebras... <laughs> zebras... Cannot be chased. <laughs> you would have to unleash a lion to catch the zebra, which would introduce a whole other problem that Prince George's <laughs> County is not ready for. It's even less equipped for. That was our solution for the rats in in the island off of oh, yeah. the west coast right, right. unleash a lion <laughs> it's always the lions we always see it's the a, lions it's a solution for everything but it's i a guess solution not in search, it's a solution <laughs> in search of a problem no it would that would have been <laughs> would have been plausible but for some reason that one didn't happen so rodney taylor the chief of animal control said you can't hunt them down they're just too fast they run they wouldn't let you near them he said okay. that they get spooked very easily Rightly so. And that the only way to catch them is that they must be corralled. Um, so they just they had this like scheme to lure them with grain into a okay. temporary corral area. <laughs> Aren't there dogs that can do this? <laughs> no, I'm not an expert on corralling zebras. <laughs> so at first, so they had a strategy. <laughs> They said, we do have a feeding station and we're winning their confidence. Oh my God, it takes, how long is this going to take? Wait, wait, it takes a while because wait till you hear the details. They're winning their confidence. Now, how much confidence is, is being, like, what's the confidence interval required? 
to know. Catch First us. of all, how do you know? And what What's is their the motivation? Like, how do you measure? What's the KPIs, the OKRs on how much yeah. confidence in a zebra? Okay, wait. So here's why it's taking so long and why it's so hard to gain their confidence. The animal control guy says, if you build a corral area all at once, they're very sensitive and they won't come there to eat. So you have to put it up a few panels at a time. So... You have to build, like, you can't just, like, build it. Like, they're on, they're too smart for that. You have to, like, build a few panels, a few stakes, and then they come and eat the grain, and then they come again, and each time there's a few more, and before you know it, you have a full corral and you close the gate behind them. Um, oh, it's like a the contractor that they hire has to just, like, do the job, <laughs> like, every Every bit. night at midnight, they slink in, put in another... <laughs> posts it takes, and run out <laughs> yes and it takes three months <laughs> and finally they built a whole circle and then they could maybe get it so i don't know what the status of these zebras are it was just a couple of days ago i assume that they're still building the corral but i have a very important postscript so uh postscript uh, georgia's county is adjacent to washington dc and the story now shifts to our you're in my favorite politician non-voting congresswoman eleanor holmes eleanor holmes norton yes our favorite <laughs> she's been there forever what is she like the verizon what i don't know there was some verizon thing we had with her i don't remember oh okay some event <laughs> I don't, yeah i don't know we met her at some verizon event or something oh <laughs> which sounds remember. like the kind of thing we would go to Hey, Rachel, I got a plus one to this Verizon thing. Eleanor Holmes Norton is going to be there. Ooh, you <laughs> oh don't say. I was going to go to the Met Gala, but <laughs> let's go to But who would go to that? A Verizon event in Washington, D.C. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so she, she issued a press release that says, Norton denies responsibility for setting zebras free, comma, supports freedom generally. Okay. So was anyone accusing her of setting the zebra free in the first place? <laughs> I think place? this is thou dost protesteth too much. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, and, she was unrelated to this case. Right. And now. she said she had to speak up because she was known to oppose unnecessary fences. So I guess when uh -huh. they were like after Jan 6, like when they had all the fences up or, or I don't know when, like she was, I don't know statehood autonomy and she didn't think they had the right to put up fences so she's staked her claim as anti as the anti-fence candidate so is that why this private zebra maintainer in <laughs> prince george's county didn't put up fences for the zebras because no, of eleanor home i don't know i think she's just stating that she would have been in favor of the fence and in this case in this case and it's presumably in favor of the corral, which involves a fence. Um, okay. Now, of course, good on her. It was a prank. It was a fake press release that she okay. put out. It's on her official like con congressional website. And what we need is a little levity in this day and age. That's cute. All and right. It, yeah. yeah. And then she said, I hope the owners find the zebras and that all involved live long, full lives. That's which nice. Is very sweet. Very, very sweet. sweet. So I hope they get the zebras corralled soon. Like, <laughs> and I hope they don't turn on each other like the thruple, you know? <laughs> the thruple and the couple? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, what are those dynamics going to be like? Or one of, like they're, the throuple's going to be gaining, like, I'm going to the corral. I don't know about you. <laughs> they're gaining each other's confidence. Okay, nope. Shut down no, these zebras. No. Okay. Okay, now... You had a very interesting observation I just saw here in the show notes <laughs> yes. about a about a very one of your yups, which was this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. It was uh, yes. Um, okay, so there is a performance <laughs> on this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Everyone's talking about Jeremy Strong on Succession or like Matthew McFadden no. on Succession. No. Tracy Allman. <laughs> it's Irma Kostrowski. <laughs> Irma Kostrowski of... <laughs> The city council of where, where are they? Santa Monica. Santa Monica, city council yes. Is one of the finest performances it's an EGOT. ever. Just, just forget it all. Just give her the EGOT because she hasn't gotten all that. She'll get to them all eventually. Yes. If you haven't seen this, um, watch it now. But my point with Irma Kostrowski is that the whole season revolves around this like fence ordinance. And here we are with this zebra story with Eleanor Holmes Norton, the representative from Washington, DC saying basically the same exact thing about the zebras and the fences. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. It's <laughs> basically Larry David must have met Eleanor Holmes Norton at some social event as we did. No, I think uh, this zebra story inspired the whole season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, really? Maybe next season there'll be zebras in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we love that one. That's our animal nope of the yeah, year. Yeah, but wait, now but but we have to explain that they recently were captured a few weeks ago. Just a few. Oh, weeks they ago. were. Yeah, I didn't know an that. Update. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay, they were well. running rampant for a while. Like we thought there would be no accountability for the zebras, and and they were caught. So another good omen. <laughs> the zebras are caught. <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell is guilty. These are these are. We got to read the signs. Read the signs. Okay. So uh, next up, animal, vegetable, mineral. We're going to do mineral, but we decided to change it to inanimate object of the year. But then we yes. realized that the inanimate object is also partially an animal story because it was masquerading an as an animal. Well, let's not, why... give, it, let's not yeah. give it away, right? Okay. So um, here's <laughs> our inanimate object uh, nope of the year. Speaking of Los Angeles, I'm going to travel around the world now to Krakow, Poland, where we haven't been lately. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice transition. Thank you. Uh, so uh, this is a story about a woman who is unnamed in this remarkable news item. <laughs> call- I think I shared this with you. <laughs> yes. And, and where did you find it? It's from like... I don't know. I think Poland, it was like trending on Twitter. <laughs> like Poland daily news it was trending somewhere okay okay so this woman calls the police and reports that there's a strange animal in her neighborhood and the call is taken by a guy who's identified only as inspector adam and later in when being interviewed he describes this woman with desperation in her voice she says there is a creature sitting in a tree across the road for two days (laughs) Everyone is scared of him, she begs. It's in a tree? (laughs) It's in a tree, right? It's a creature. It's a creature in a tree. And she says, people aren't opening their windows because they're afraid it will go into their house. So the guy's first hypothesis is that it's a bird of prey, some sort of hawk or falcon who's just sitting very still for two days. I don't know. (laughs) I guess they could do that. And no, like she was sure it wasn't a hawk. 
So his next suggestion, of course, <laughs> he said maybe it was an <laughs> maybe it was an iguana. In Krakow, because, because of course, are they the endemic to that love, region? Love the northern climes of, of the Baltic region, <laughs> the famous Baltic I mean, iguana. I don't. I'm not like a. I'm not like a biologist, but I just feel like that's not the habitat for them. No, no, more like the tropics. Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, but he he backs up his logic. He says years years of inspection have told me that people are willing to do anything to get rid of an any animal that causes trouble. Maybe someone threw out an iguana. So, and it it's and it just, just he, said, he says maybe it was a cold night out and it just was on the branch and froze and it's still <laughs> sitting there. So he's doubling down on the iguana hypothesis. So she's right? across <laughs> the street looking out the window. The whole neighborhood out. is terrified to go outside or <laughs> they're open like, their windows. They're like opening their shades and <laughs> Like these out. old babushkas. Like, <laughs> but they keep the lights the off quickly. Still there. <laughs> Okay, so finally, Inspector Adam <laughs> takes the call. He goes over to see what uh, what is actually happening. Um, and he said uh, he did a short search and he found a brown creature sitting on a lilac branch. It had a brown coat shining in the sun, except the poor guy had no legs or head. So... There's a lot like what kind of creature has no legs or head? And it's is like, this what his report was? He's yes, like, this I, is, found- <laughs> I found a brown creature with no legs or head. <laughs> and Comforting. The, it makes you wonder how is it, it adhering to the tree? Like, does it yeah, have like, suction, suction cups or something? Um, right. The, but, no, I mean, if so it doesn't what- have legs or a head to balance. So, anyway, he gets closer. And really, you know what I'm going to say, but I'm still going to crack up. <laughs> he got closer and he realized that it's a croissant. I have so many questions. I only saw the headline of this story. <laughs> Mystery animal sighting in Krakow ends up being croissant. But so I know the punchline, but I do not know any of the particulars. Like, yes, how was it up there? Why was it up there? And how did it stay for two days? It must be a big croissant it if it's suspended, <laughs> suspended on a branch. And terrorizing the neighborhood. And how could they not... I- Identified. <laughs> was no one in this neighborhood brave enough to approach the croissant to determine its origins? Had they never, <laughs> had they never, never seen, seen a, croissant? a croissant? They're used to iguanas, the great <laughs> Polish iguanas, but they'd never seen a croissant before. Hard times, hard times in Krakow. Um, so Inspector Adams said that the whole crew there was almost swept off their feet by a laughing attack. But then he concluded his tale with, with a very serious public service announcement he said it's always better to check and be pleasantly disappointed sometimes unfortunately very rarely it's better to laugh than not to react which can sometimes lead to a tragedy what tragedy could possibly like if they hadn't checked it out there might have been an iguana there it might have been a falcon well who knows someone would come to eat the croissant like a alligator or something and also how does a croissant get mistaken for a hawk how does a croissant wind up in a tree tree. (laughs) 
I don't know. Back in Fort Washington, we once had a pizza on our roof. Um, really? Yeah. It was just the rowdy teenagers next door, probably. But okay. like, it was a perfectly good pizza. I mean, they must have really hated us to throw it on the roof to give up a good pizza. I don't Seriously. Know. Yeah. Okay. So nope to... Nope to the whole neighborhood in Krakow, Poland. It's not the croissant's fault. Like, yeah, they're... what are you scared of? There's the... so much to be afraid of, like <laughs> right. a croissant. You're living in, in like a borderline fascist dictatorship there with like Russian tanks on your borders, and like you're scared of a fucking croissant. Well, you get what you deserve. I hope. Yes, I yes. Hope. I, Inspector I Adam, hope and... that you've learned your lesson <laughs> from this experience, and uh, maybe you know you should. Just embrace the baked goods if they show up on a <laughs> I tree. I hope they like, ate it. I hope they yeah. ate it. <laughs> okay. okay. Nope. Shut it down. Okay. I have to say that I think this may have been my favorite story overall of the, the Krakow year. croissant. The yeah, Krakow it was... <laughs> croissant. It just incorporates so much. Like it's geopolitics because like the Russians and the the conflict. It's like I feel like there's a climate change angle on it. Yes. Like there's all why would of... there be a croissant in a tree? <laughs> Or like, why, why would they think it was an iguana, right? Right. Or like, there's so many questions. So and, many different and angles. Yet, months you can later, it we have no more answers. This is a great untold story. We have no. Story. Yes. I think it we, is in an unsolved mystery. When Omicron lets up, we our first trip needs to be to Poland to crack out to, to this figure, little street. To, we need to out. like go up in the tree and see it from the croissant no, perspective. No, I think we need to do another experiment, which is put another croissant up there of our own yeah. and see how people react so we can observe it firsthand <laughs> okay they're used to it now they're just they'll be like oh another, croissant. another croissant. okay before we get to our final one um i actually you did the research to find these i did the research to double check that there wasn't anything uh equally interesting and they weren't these were the correct notes that we're giving you but there were a few runners up that i wanted yes. to share with you um so there was the bad art friends sonia larson and don, <laughs> don Dorland, <laughs> right there was uh nikki minaj's cousin's friend's fiance oh the one with the the giant balls the one who he... said their testicles would explode <laughs> if they took the and his, and his fiance left left him because left. His... Not, okay we've okay. done 320 stories if it's a miracle that i remember even these okay. okay there was the new zealand bird of the year that was a bat uh there was the guy who found the shrimp in the cinnamon toast crunch but then he also found other things in the cinnamon toast crunch That's but that right. those are those are runners up for animal of the year no, I know. These are just they're yeah. general runners up okay. for the whole the yeah. whole schmagoo here. Okay. Okay. Then there were a bunch of media uh, projects that may or may not ever have been made. One is the My Antifa Lover book that was promoted to you on your Kindle with ads. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Louise Linton movie where there was spider sex or something like yes. that. Right? Yes. And then um, I had to get some uh, summer music series in. This is the one we didn't do in the summer, which was Martin Briley's Salt in My Tears. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I was actually thinking of proposing that as uh, a bonus track for our Patreon supporters, <laughs> yes. of which we have not. <laughs> We don't have a Patreon. <laughs> yes, we don't have a Patreon. Okay. Um, and then there was, uh, it was actually in 2020, we talked about the Wi-Fi enabled chastity belt, but then we had a follow-up this year where it was actually hacked by someone who was like holding it ransom for Bitcoin. 
Yes, because uh, remember with the first time we talked about Wi-Fi enabled chastity belts, we were like, oh gosh, this is like at CES or something. We're like, what could possibly go wrong? And it's like, <laughs> sure enough, someone it's like if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. You know? <laughs> That's the story of dope. Okay. And then there was the, the plastic surgeon who um, had to answer a ticket in traffic court. Oh, he went court, to traffic he, court and, from and the operating room? he did a Zoom, room? but he was in the operating room during that the was Zoom. That was bad. That was bad. And then uh, there was the Japanese man who dated 35 different women just so they would each give him a birthday present. Yeah, this was a story of someone who was going about things all the wrong way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we had a better plan for him. Just, yeah. just call us. We'll figure it out. Okay, so um, finally, we're on to our last one. This is the person of the year. And uh, the person of the year is Aussie media founder Carlos Watson. How could it not be? How, How could, could it, it not he be? Just, so, he symbolized so many different things. What I about love this about the story is that we spent the last two, three years talking about the grifters in the Trump administration. And finally, we have the grifter we deserve, which is, uh, which <laughs> is one that Watson. has nothing to do with. It's an old, he's old school. He's grifting it like the old boys did. Yes. Um, so this was, if you remember, I did the, this was a pretty long segment so we're not going to play all of it for you but it was in three acts the first it was an act, opera it, it was, was... An, it was an opera right <laughs> so the first act is what we've cut out we'll summarize it for you in 30 seconds which is why we were talking about uh, carlos watson in the first place and then we'll play the second and third acts for you which i think is delivers the payoff so rachel could you remind us about why we were talking about carlos watson in the first place yeah so what happened was there was a um... A media equation column in the New York Times by Ben Smith talking about this very unusual thing that happened at Aussie Media. Um, basically, they had a meeting with Goldman Sachs, who was thinking about investing in their next round of financing. I think to date they had raised what, 73 million or something, and yeah, they're trying to get another, I don't know, 40, 50 million dollars. And they're on this conference call and Goldman Sachs's bankers wanted to speak to an executive at YouTube because YouTube was their biggest, you know, distribution partner for their contact. So they started noticing things that were very unusual on the call. The, the guy, the YouTube executive sent them an email from a Gmail address saying like, you know, I, I don't want to do Zoom. I just want to do a voice call. My Zoom's not working. I can't get the tech working. It's working. like you're, you're like a tech executive who can't get like Zoom to work. Okay. So, so they do this conference call and they notice that like his voice is being like altered through some kind of, um, technology it sounds like pixelated and then afterwards they reached out to the youtube executive at his youtube address and he was like i was not on that call <laughs> i wasn't on that call someone was they reached the real me. guy the real guy was like i was yeah the real guy call. was like yeah so so that was um that was interesting and after that carlos watson dug his heels in and said this was bullshit and you know unfair and the you know the fake news media is lying again and then like the next day like aussie media was bankrupt you know? right. <laughs> like, right. it, it... okay so where th where this picks up this clip now is while the investigation is going on and this is them trying to dig themselves out of this hole and then we learn a little bit more about carlos watson what he's been up to what the whole aussie media scam was up to and have a listen for yourself <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I told you Aussie Media started in 2013. Carlos Watson, after he went to Harvard with me, went to Stanford Law. He was at McKinsey and, ironically, at Goldman Sachs. He was an MSNBC anchor for a hot minute. Um, I told you the company raised $83 million in, uh, in VC. And in 2019, they said they had 50 million monthly unique users. But that's a lot of users. Like that's for a lot of users for something you, we've never heard of. <laughs> two people who have been in media for, for over 20, 20 plus years, years each. We none of us, neither of us has ever seen any content. From I couldn't this. tell it from a reality reality star porn OnlyFans person. I've, that's what I yeah. thought it was. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um I'm curious to see it. If anyone has his password, let me know. Um, but uh okay, so 2017, BuzzFeed ran an expose about Aussie media. And they said that the traffic came from low-quality sources like pop-unders, which is when an ad shows up and it's under the browser window you're looking at. Yeah. You don't even notice it. And autoplay that's running in the background. And so Ben, what's his name? The guy that reported the... Ben Smith. Ben Smith. He discloses this, but of course, uh, Ozzy went bananas over this. He was actually the editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed at the time, so he had commissioned the story, presumably. He was involved right. in acquisition talks that had failed where BuzzFeed was going to buy Ozzy Media, and he had been a guest on one of Carlos Watson's shows. Um, so there's all kinds of conflicts here, but at least Ben Smith is upfront and discloses them. But he said that what they were, I yes. don't think it was bad. Like, no, you know, no. And it's not, there's no yeah. reason for him to have a grudge against them in any and way. And there's no reason for him not to cover this if he reveals what his relationship was, Correct. you know? Correct. And I think, yes, I think he's precluded from writing detailed story about BuzzFeed, but BuzzFeed is a That's tangential fine. player in this. He can yeah. quote a story that was in BuzzFeed. Okay. Exactly. So, yes. uh, so a little more digging, what are the real traffic numbers of Aussie media Comscore, score, which, you know, is like the Nielsen ratings. Uh, and it's a little out of date. It's not the best, but it's not nothing said that in June of 2021, just now, uh, Aussie had not 50 million users, but 230,000. Mm. Um, that's off by a mm. factor of <laughs> rounding error. <laughs> 200 i don't even know what it is what the number is okay that's, yeah okay so, that's uh, carlos watson had an explanation for this um <laughs> it was kind of a non sequitur he said it's the result of our team acting pretty fearlessly to launch and grow five news <laughs> five newsletters 12 tv shows six podcasts four <laughs> annual festivals starting next year and the aussie genius awards let's break that down I've never second. heard of any of these things. They're, basically, they're sending out five different emails. Yes, for, for probably for free. And like, we know people who have started emails that are much ado about nothing. It does just yeah. get a sub stack. It's no big deal, right? 12 TV shows, which could be a YouTube it could be blog, a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, for all we know. Six podcasts. We know that like we spend two hours a week on this podcast. So they have $73 million in the bank. It's no big deal to start six podcasts. Four annual festivals that haven't started yet. And the Aussie Genius Awards. <laughs> Which, what the fuck? <laughs> I would, if I got an Aussie Genius Award, I would give it I would back. I give it back. <laughs> With my Harvard degree and your Cornell degree. I would be like, One I big cannot. bonfire. <laughs> I cannot. 
I cannot go. I don't want to have anything to do with this. <laughs> no, okay. So this isn't even the most galling part. I'm coming to the end of this thing here. So okay. the most galling part is Carlos Watson's alleged ego-driven celebrity. So and and the way he propped up Ozzy in the media. So he liked to say that his show was Amazon Prime's first talk show. The only problem being it's not on Amazon Prime. It's <laughs> on some like third derivative video direct product that's like a YouTube add-on like when you subscribe to YouTube you get some like bonus content. And it's like buried in the bonus content there. So Amazon threatened them uh, and said that was, uh, you know, improper, False and, they, and yeah. they and they took it down. Then he claimed <laughs> that it was the fastest growing talk show in YouTube history. I don't know a lot of talk shows on YouTube, but sure, fastest growing. <laughs> and apparently, this came from an introduction that someone made during an appearance on Good Morning America. And then when asked to clarify what that actually meant, fastest growing talk show in YouTube history, he said, it, we have more views than any other premium daily talk show we've been able to identify that was launched on YouTube. We've been able to identify. <laughs> right, that's the key right there. There are others hiding in plain sight. Um so, and so this is an executive from their own company. They're quoting an executive, executive from, their, from own their own company, company saying this on Good Morning America. Yes, and okay. that's when he has to backpedal it, he, that he offers that clarification. Then it's obvious that something is amiss because a lot of these videos have more than 1 million viewers, but they only have 100 comments, which is uh, not a thing. That right? doesn't, have, no, no, that doesn't. That you get a hundred comments on like a on a tweet you do like that's yeah. that's nothing right um and then they like he has all kinds of vanity shows so he has like 10 different shows that are all starring him he has one called third rail with ozzy that actually was syndicated and ran on pbs he has something on the oprah network called black women own the conversation despite the fact that he's not a black woman and that show somehow won an emmy so he is an emmy award winner for his Okay. okay so that's the end of act two act three is the aftermath <laughs> the aftermath okay. is that goldman sachs took no action but google <laughs> alerted the fbi and the uh -huh. fbi is investigating they contacted goldman sachs it could be grounds for all kinds of criminal charges wire security fraud and a civil suit from the sec their star talent other than carlos watson is caddy k who had spent uh, three decades as an anchor on BBC News. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she was. Well she left journalist. BBC to go to Aussie Media. What? How did they? <laughs> I guess that's where the seventy-three million dollars. <laughs> it's all caddies. <laughs> Caddy's salary. Caddy's kitty. Um, and uh, they had a documentary that was supposed to air this week on A&E called Voices Magnified Youth Digital Crisis. There's only one digital crisis going on, and it's Aussie media. So that was canceled. And, you know, I was reminded of the article you wrote that was just published today, I think, about Elizabeth Holmes. And part of yeah. her defense is like mental d disease or defect that, that Sonny Balwani was so abusive and controlling that her mental state was impacted. So like, right. and I think your point is like, that's nonsense, right? Well, it's just that whether she I don't want to like sit here and say this woman was not abused. I don't know whether she was or wasn't. 
how does that link to lying to your investors, the board of directors and employees and about the fraud. efficacy <laughs> of, of blood testing technology? Like it just doesn't. Likewise for traffic number, whether you were for Amazon's for first numbers, premium, yeah. premium talk show host launched during a full moon. <laughs> And in so, a leap right. year. Right. And so now they're going to claim like mental distress <laughs> for like inflating their numbers. This is now a thing. Okay. So nope to Ozzy Media. Nope to Carlos Watson. Um, doesn't matter. We weren't classmates. He was a year older than me. But um, don't call me. Don't call me. I don't, don't want to hear no, from you. No, no, absolutely no. not. And and this will continue. We'll, we'll, oh, this we'll is a, stay a story for the yeah. ages. There will be, yeah. uh, <laughs> the charges will be pressed. Okay. Nope. Okay. But so like the... The story continued to get worse and worse um, after our initial report and we stayed on the story and employees started coming out of the woodwork and talking about what a nightmare it was working at Aussie Media. And a few weeks later, there, there was the icing on the cake. So there was a first person account in the London Review of Books about Aussie Media written by um, Pooja Bhatia, who's a writer I know and overlapped with a bit at the Wall Street Journal. And I tweeted it and suddenly there was like the six part out of order, unthreaded tweet storm in my mentions from Carolyn Watson, who's Carlos's sister. And I don't know if you remember Brian, but her Twitter handle was crjmpw at yahoo.com. It was like her Twitter her handle email, was her email, like email, email address, address from 1999, right? Yes, and she had no avatar. She was just like a great Gray ghost and she had just set up this um this account to like troll people who were posting articles about her brother so i won't read all the tweets but the best one was tweet number two in the thread when she says to um to me and and to puja i guess i seem to remember my brother taking you and your family out for dinner in the rain <laughs> like, like <laughs> how dare you right anything bad about aussie media my brother took you out to dinner in the rain like is the you know so so it got worse and worse. And, and, you know, just in keeping with our whole theme of no accountability for criminals, Carlos Watson is still out there. I just read an article a few weeks ago about how there's new episodes of the Carlos Watson show coming out like now. Oh, who wants to watch that? Who like wants how, to watch that? How has he like slow hanging fruit? How has he not been arrested or charged with fraud? Like everyone else you've dated. <laughs> I didn't date him. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking of other. Who are you thinking of? Kalel. Oh, oh yeah, your other like Harvard classmate. Sorry, <laughs> you can you can tweet us if you want okay. to know more of that story. Anyway, what I was what I was gearing up to say, thank you for that addendum, is that 2021 was maybe not as awful as 2020. Not as many people died but so disappointing in so many ways. We had a Democratic president who wasn't allowed to do anything that we elected him to do. Well, he did a lot of good things considering the obstacles in his way. Uh, uh, granted, granted, yes. but the obstacles were in his way and uh, we as a nation were not, uh, did, were not able to rally around things we that people able clearly to wanted to, everything. Get, the, yes. to get, it, get it done, right? And exactly. uh, there are still, sadly, people dying of uh, COVID, not as many as were, but one death is too many. Still people not wearing masks, still people not getting vaccinated. Still uh, the Department of Justice sitting on their hands, not indicting Trump or any of his family members. I, I don't know how this is happening, but it's um, it's very scary as we enter this year. It's uh, There's a lot to worry about.
But guess what, Rachel? The good news is there's a reason to continue this podcast for yes. yet another year. <laughs> yet another year. To what end, I ask? <laughs> to what end? Our fans demand it. Yes. <laughs> Can't okay. stop, won't stop. Okay, that's the year end of 2021. Now let's move on to our final yups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week and the year. Rachel, what is yeah. yours? My, yep. Um, have you seen Don't Look Up on Netflix? No, I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a movie uh, by Adam McKay. <laughs> a film? <laughs> it's a, it's a film. Um, it just dropped on Netflix this week. Oh, is and, that the one with Leo um, DiCaprio? Yes. It's with okay. everyone. Like Meryl Streep is in it, Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, like, I mean, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, like you name it everyone's in it. and I thought it was going to be so annoying it was going to be like that like <laughs> Liberian girl Michael Jackson video that had like everybody in or it like battle of the network stars <laughs> it was it was going to be like something like that like an all-star like oh, yeah. whatever um but it was so wonderful and funny and extremely disturbing and um I felt like it embodies the absurdist spirit of our times that we have tried to capture here on this podcast so I highly recommend it um it's great it's great. truly truly I need a great something film. watch to watch for what remains of my dwindling time off before the new year oh um, you gotta watch it yeah i have a, love it i have a very different yup very different um that is both personal and global i guess okay. um and will seem very um very insignificant compared to the weighty topics that we've discussed, such as a croissant in Krakow. <laughs> um, but I went to the most wonderful dinner just now, literally an hour before we recorded this podcast. And it's a restaurant in New York City called Hawksmoor. It was uh -huh. a British architect in the 17th and 18th centuries. Um, and it's a, a, a line of steakhouses that is in London, but they opened their first one in New York. It's a gorgeous dining room. And what I love about it is unlike a lot of the like macho bridge and tunnel steakhouses in New York City, um, this is actually a British steakhouse. Now you might ask, who on earth ever asked for a British steakhouse? Especially Literally nobody. Given, <laughs> especially <laughs> given your and my experiences dining in London with <laughs> cheese scallops, <laughs> which we've talked about before. Um, what's interesting is that they have cuts of steak that they don't serve here. And it was very interesting. Like I had a rump steak which is not a thing that sounds like you would get at a high-end steakhouse. It was so freaking delicious. And mm. and for a steak in a New York steakhouse, it was half the price of what you would pay if you went to the Palm or one of those places. Um, okay. So it was uh, fantastic. I had one of the best Gibsons of my life. It was fantastic. So um, I'm trying to end the year on a festive note that I had a Lark's wonderful- more. Haw hawks more oh. like a like a, I'm like, like, a, like a bird of <laughs> prey I, a <laughs> it's a it's a bird also a lark but oh, in this case it's a hawk <laughs> hawks more of a hawk um so if you were in new york city and you want a treat i do recommend Hawksmore on 22nd Street off Park. Okay. Not Lar Larksmore will, <laughs> no, will be the, oh. the sister okay. restaurant. Okay. okay. This has been, I think, our longest episode yet, but I really enjoyed recording it. Rachel, it looks like you did too. You seem like you're having a barrel of money oh. there. <laughs> it's good times over here. I hope our listeners did as well. Thank you, everybody, for all the support you've shown us over the year. You know, we used to talk about it a lot. We don't. Our numbers are going up. People are telling people we're, we're you know, we never thought this podcast would be anything. And now we're a little bit 
more than nothing. Like, and, I and mean, I'm, I'm grateful yeah. for that. Yeah, yes. we're grateful for every one of our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us. We would appreciate continued support by those reviews, by those ratings, by telling your friends. Every little bit you could do would help us get through the next year, which we're optimistic about but also realistic cautiously. about <laughs> cautiously cautiously <laughs> let's just say there will be more than enough material for another year of nope so thank you for listening it's been a terrible week terrible year but a lot of fun to record this podcast this has been nope the podcast where we shut it down